0: Earth, the winds of change are shifting everything. Those things that many people took for granted for years are being blown. People have worked for years for their retirement only. To be wondering now, will there be anything in their 401k because of the economic crisis? People have gone to school and, 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 and labored and done a lot of things to secure these, 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 these high end, high paying jobs. Only now to be in a position where we don't even know if those jobs are going to be there anymore. Things are shifting. Things are changing. We are no longer living in the 50s. We're not living in the 60s where people can just go get a manufacturing job and work that job for 40 years and retire. We're no longer in those days. We're in a high tech age now. And so things have changed in the 21st century. And we as believers need to understand that we need to be designing our lives around the solid foundation of the word of God. Y'all stay with me. Y'all stay with me. I don't I don't know what's going on with this signal, but we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this tonight. We're going to get through this. And so this is what Jesus did. Now, how does this apply over? Now, I want to show you something um, that the Apostle Paul mentioned to one of his understudies. Uh, Timothy and Titus, because I hear oftentimes people talk about tradition. It's not about tradition. It's about the word of God. It's not about tradition. It's about this. It's not about tradition. It's about that. But let me say this. All tradition isn't bad if the traditions are God given tradition. Now, the tradition of men, that's a whole that's a whole other apple cart. I, I have a series of teaching on that called the tradition of the elders. And we look at how um, the leaders in Israel had built up this body of teaching that we refer to as the tradition of the elders that Jesus often confronted in his ministry. But we also look at how this same practice has happened within the body of Christ because there is in today's church, a body of teaching known as the tradition of the elders. And we say, well, why do I believe that? I don't know. This is what mama and them believed. And, and and well, why did mama and them believe it? Because, you know, their mama believed it. You know, well, why does our church do this? I don't know. We've always done it. Why? You know, why do we do communion on the first Sunday only? I don't know. That's we've always done it that way. Well, well, why do we why do we wear white when we take communion, why do women wear doilies on their head when we take communion? Why, why do the deacons wear white gloves, you know, at the time to take communion? Jesus didn't establish any of that. These are the traditions of our elders. So when we talk about tradition, if we're talking about those kinds of traditions, those kinds of traditions can in fact nullify the Word of God. But there is another kind of tradition that is a body of teaching that has been handed down from generation to generation, which began with Jesus, was passed on to the apostles. The apostles passed it on uh, to the leadership in the church, and every successive generation of believers had the opportunity to receive that teaching. So those kind of traditions are good. So let me, let me, let me, let's talk about that. Second Thessalonians chapter two. And I want to read verse 14. And Paul was writing here. Well, let's go to verse 13. Paul says this. He says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit, And belief of the truth. No, God has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Now, what truth is he talking about? Y'all stay with me. Sanctification of the spirit. So what does the scriptures teach about sanctification? This is what this is where I'm saying that we need to be taught. This is this is the importance of what I'm talking about when it comes to understanding what does the word of God teach? How do we design our life? You know, because many people will have the idea what sanctification means women don't wear pants. Sanctification means women don't wear makeup. Sanctification means that men wear white shirts and ties. Sanctification means you don't go to movies. Sanctification means you don't do this. Sanctification means you don't do that. Many times those are the traditions of men. It's not the tradition of the word of God sanctification has to do with being set apart. That's what, it, that's what it's talking about. And I'm not going to go into a teaching on sanctification. We'll cover that in the foundations class. But, but this is what I'm saying. There are teachings that the word of God holds that are not up for debate. They're not up for debate. But he says, God has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle the epistle that he's referencing are just simply the letters of the new testament It's the letters paul wrote to the church the letters john wrote to the church the letters peter wrote to the church the letter jude wrote right these are the epistles right and in those epistles are the teachings of christ He gave them to the apostles. The apostles transmitted them. This is why Paul could say, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions, hold the tradition. He didn't say throw them away. This is why when people talk about uh, uh, it's not about tradition. Oftentimes we need to stop and ask, well, what do you mean when you say tradition? It's like saying, well, it's not about doctrine. It's about the Holy Spirit. Well, what do you mean it's not about doctrine? Doctrine is teaching. So then we have to ask, well, what what is your understanding of the Holy Spirit? Now we're going into a person's understanding or teaching that they have received about the Holy Spirit. Is this making sense? And, and I hope I'm not confusing anybody. Right? I'm just not I'm, I'm 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 trying to give you this and not hold you all night. But when the scripture talks about holding the traditions That's the apostles doctrine, whether you that you have been taught, whether by word, whether this is something that when we came among you, Paul is saying, and we were sharing the word and those times when you were committing yourselves to the apostles doctrine and fellowship, you know, whether we were coming in or whether or not is teaching that we delivered to you in the letters that we sent to the to the faith communities. This is what he's talking about whether by word or by our epistle, right? Because all scripture is given by God and it's profitable for doctrine, for teaching. So Paul says you need to hold the tradition, keep the tradition, defend the tradition that which you have been taught. See, we have to be taught the things of God. We have to be taught. All right. So he says, hold to the tradition as you have been taught. Now, let's look at another passage of scripture. I got two more scriptures, this one and one more. Now let you go. I'm so glad that you joined because we need to know how to design our life. If we're going to design our life for the 21st century, if we're going to be rooted and grounded on a firm foundation, we're going to have to understand what the scriptures actually teach. There's there's nothing more discouraging for me as a minister of the gospel to talk to Christians and talk to believers who I know love God and have, but they have no understanding of what the scriptures actually teach. And it's not all their fault. It, you know, it's not all their fault. A lot of it has to do with the lack of of many of us in ministry to ensure that the people that we serve that the people that we minister unto are being taught the word of god it's 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 good to be motivated it's good to be inspired you know is 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 good to get hyped up all of that's good right I, i love those kind of services but in the final analysis we need to walk away Having learned something that we can apply in our lives to make us more effective in life since we are called to be witnesses. So the teaching that we sit under, the teaching that we are taught, this ought to be teaching that we can take and apply in a practical way to live out our relationship with the Lord Jesus. It's like the scripture says, how can you say that you love God? that you haven't seen but you hate your brother who you have seen how you know the practical application how can i say that i love god and i hate white people or how can i say that i love god and i hate black people Or I hate Hispanics or I hate Mexicans or, you know, I hate people from other nations or I hate this. And I I don't like these this group of people because. Right. That's being conformed to the world that that's having the same issue that they have in the world. And the church ought not to have it. And if the church is going to be effective in the 21st century in this changing time, we're going to have to come back to the word of God. And it's a very practical word. You know, the word of God isn't rocket science. We just need the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. We just need the Holy Spirit to open up our our understanding. And to be real frank and honest, we need to begin to commit. (laughs) We need to begin to commit and support ministry that's dedicated to teaching the word of God. Not dedicated to the preachers and the teachers who got the big mega churches and all of that that we go to which which in some cases you know we don't know why we go in some cases you know it's a popular preacher it's a status it's it's a whole lot of reasons but if we're not walking away from that place having experience and, and number one an encounter with the Lord Jesus and 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 we're learning what it means to be in community one with another breaking bread from house to house, and and, and we're not sharing life with other brothers and sisters because it's not something that's emphasized in the particular faith community we belong to, then we need to begin to pray and ask God, where do I fit? If you're not functioning in the church, in the local assembly, in the fellowship that you're a part of, the principle is you will function where you fit And you will fit where you function. If you're just taking up space in that place, right? Are you really doing life? Are are, are you really experiencing the life of the body that the Lord Jesus designs? And if not, then you need to begin to pray and ask the father, where is he shifting you to in the 21st century? Because church, as we've known it, will be no more. There will be people who will try to replicate it, but church as we know it will be no more. God is moving, folk. The winds of the spirit are blowing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, let me get off of that because I'm getting ready to prophesy. Colossians chapter (laughs) 2. Colossians chapter 2. It says this. Verse 6 and 7. It says, as you have therefore received... Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Let me read it again. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him. So I'm going to stop there for a minute. Rooted and built up in him. How How deep do your roots go in Christ? Not in your church. Not in your religious organization. Not in your pastor. How deep do your roots go in Christ? If a hurricane or winds of doctrine were begin to blow through the church, which they are, and they will continue, are you rooted in Christ enough that you won't be caught up in the winds of change in the winds of strife just blown about like ephesians talk about just blown about with every wind of doctrine you know signing up for the revelation of the month club y'all know what i'm talking about (laughs) somebody come along with a title in front of their name and they got a new revelation and you buy into that and then a year later there's another revelation that comes along you buy into that two years later another revelation comes along and you buy into that But you're never rooted and you're never grounded in him. Are you listening? Because you've never begun to do the teachings that he gave for us as believers to do. Rooted and built up in him. Watch. And established in the faith. Established in the faith established in the faith, meaning nobody can talk you out of your faith. Not only, not only can you give an answer because of the experience of God that you have, but you can articulate your faith and ground it in the word of God. When people try to tell you, well, the word of God is just a man written book. Can you go into scripture? Hear me. Can you go into scripture and substantiate the fact it is, in fact, the word of God? Can you trace the narrative in the scriptures? Can you open the scriptures for people? It's like Philip. When, 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 when the Spirit of God told him to join himself to that chariot with the Ethiopian and Philip climbed up in the chariot and, and, and the Ethiopian began to ask Philip about the things he was reading in the scripture. And, and the Bible says, beginning at the place where the Ethiopian was, he led the Ethiopian to a deeper understanding of Christ. He was able to walk the Ethiopian through the narrative. He could give a Bible study. This is what I'm saying. He could give a Bible study. And I'm amazed at the amount of believers who've been, say, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Now, again, we all have to grow. We all have to grow in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus. But if we've been in church five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and we still don't know the foundations of the word of God, we still can't go into the scripture and talk about the plan of salvation. We still can't go into the scripture and show how Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophets. We still can't go into the scripture and tell the gospel story. And we've been saved five, 10, 15, 20 years. Folks, something is wrong. So much room. You need to find somewhere else. I'm, I'm, I'm just here to tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just here to tell you. I'm just here to tell you. Now, watch. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk ye in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. One of the reasons many people cannot get established in the faith is because, for whatever reason, they cannot be taught. I have never witnessed as many believers in my life as I have who cannot be taught. And what did the early church do? They committed themselves to the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, that's how they were able to grow. People today, many people today, you cannot teach them anything because they know everything because they have that Lone Ranger mentality. They do, this is what God showed me. Now, it despite the fact that whatever it is, much of what they believe, some of what they believe is inconsistent with the totality of the text, They're taking the scripture out of context and making it say something it's not saying. Because truth be told, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say, but you can't take the totality of the scripture and make the Bible say anything you want it to say. It has to be consistent, which is why even with Jesus' teaching and his ministry, he opened their understanding to the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Because Jesus's life, his ministry had to be consistent with the law, the prophets and the Psalms, because God has a single word that he's spoken to humanity regarding redemption. Are you listening? And it was put in the text. So here he says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving we all need to be taught we we all need to be taught it doesn't matter how spiritual we think we are we all need to be taught we can all learn something and we can all learn something from one another this is why the body is constructed the way that it is because we have to draw off of each other's experience, we have to draw off of each other's understanding of the word of God, but make no mistake of Jacob, when it comes to the doctrines of Christ, when it comes to the foundational principles that Jesus delivered to the apostles, there is no variance. There, 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 there is no, well, that's what you believe, but this is what I believe, okay? We can't have 10 people believe the same thing and everybody be right. Not with not with the word, not with the word. All right. So now and I know that that many of us charismatics and Pentecostals, we don't like to hear that because we all feel with the Holy Ghost. All right. But anyway. Let me get off of that before I get myself in trouble. So here's the last verse. Let me get the last verse. And we are going to find that in Second Timothy, chapter two verses one and two second timothy chapter two verses one and two last verse and we'll be done for the night second timothy chapter two verses one and two and paul is writing to timothy young pastor upcoming apostle and he says this you therefore my son be strong in the grace Uh, That is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. Now, let me say this again. And I agree. The Holy Spirit leads us to truth. I believe that 100 percent. The Holy Spirit leads us to truth. And when Jesus said, Father, sanctify them through thy truth, your word is truth. The Holy Spirit will never contradict in teaching, in principle, or in practice. The Holy Spirit will never contradict what's in the written word. And this is this is where so, you know, this is where so many people, I, I have seen so many people make shipwreck because they have this idea That the Holy Spirit works independent of the word of God and the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of Christ, I might add, the Holy Spirit who inspired the writing of the scripture is never going to contradict the scripture. So for, 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 for people who believe they have this lone ranger relationship and it's them in the Holy Spirit or it's them in God, it's them in Jesus. They need to go back and they need to actually read how the body of Christ is actually designed and how the body of Christ is constructed. How did the body of Christ function in the book of Acts? Because it's all a work of, listen, it's all a work of the Holy Spirit. It's all a work of the Holy Spirit. All right, so let me get back to this. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. So Paul seems to put this emphasis on this thing of transmitting truth and this is this this this, this is where this is where so many people get lost in the sauce right because they don't understand truth is to be transmitted from generation to generation to generation god's word hasn't changed god's principles have not changed truth needs to be transmitted from generation to generation to generation now interestingly None of us, none of us would 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 seek to hire or seek to find a lawyer who is not versed in the law and understands what's called legal precedence. In other words, cases of a similar nature that have been resolved either at a higher level of court or has been established in the law books and they have precedence. And this is where they begin to call on this case versus this. Right this versus that, right? And then they use that for legal precedence because they understand how these legal principles have been transmitted from generation to generation. Same thing with medicine, when discoveries are made and people understand things about the physical body and knowledge of the physical body uh, 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 is discovered and, and they transmit this information to doctors. This is why we have highly effective doctors. Well, if we are that way with doctors, with lawyers, with teachers, with presidents, with everybody, why is it when it comes to the church and it comes to the word of God, no one wants to follow biblical precedents? In other words, no one wants to look at the historical accuracy and the historical transmission of the truth of the word of God because we've been around 30, 40 years. We've been saved for five years, and now we're the <laughs> now we're the expert in scripture. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And this this is why the church is so scattered. <laughs> Seriously, this, this is why we have you know, 1,500, 2,000 different denominations, and everybody claims, you know, they, they, they you know, that they, they're the only ones, right? But if you wade through, this is the beautiful thing, if you wade through all of the other extremities of what they believe, and you get to the heart of the matter, generally what you will find is at the very core of the foundation, they all believe the same thing. When it comes to the foundation principles. Well, if they believe the foundation principles, right? Which would be found in Hebrews chapter five. Repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on the hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. Those are the six foundational stones. If we get those wrong, anything else that we build is going to be built on shaky sand. Does this make sense? Now let me give you, let me give you one example of what I'm talking about, and then I'll be closed. I'll be finished. Let's take the first foundational stone, repentance from dead works. What's the first foundational principle of the gospel? What's the very first thing that that the disciples and the apostles understood, believers need to understand? It's called repentance from dead works. Repentance from dead works. This is not repentance from sin, it's repentance from dead works. But the church talks about repentance from sin. The teaching of Christ is repentance from dead works. Those are works of righteousness which cannot save us. So we need to, first of all, repent from our dead works. But we try to tell people you need to repent from your from their sin. I have an interesting point that I want to make about that. A person cannot repent from their sin unless the Holy Spirit brings them to a place of repentance. Don't you know it's 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 the goodness of God that leads a person to repent. But we're trying to get people to repent from their sin. And the problem most people have is repenting from their dead works. In other words, many people believe that they can be good enough to be saved. If I don't do this, if I don't do that, if I don't do this, if I don't smoke, if I don't chew, if I don't run around with men and women who do, if I don't go to movies, if I don't drink, if I don't do this, if I don't do that, if I don't do any of that, I'm going to heaven. Those are dead works. There is nothing that we can do to merit salvation. Absolutely nothing. We have to repent from dead works. Paul said it's not by works of righteousness that we are saved. It's not by works of righteousness, see. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Y'all know the verses. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God and are freely justified by the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we repent from our dead works, our human effort to justify ourselves before God. We are saved by grace through faith. That not of yourself, it is the gift of god and when we when we get rooted my god when we get rooted right don't (laughs) when we get rooted in the foundational principles of christ please hear what i'm saying when we get rooted in the foundational principles of christ walking out our salvation is not difficult it's, it's, it's not difficult. And then we stop asking questions and giving answers to questions that nobody's asking anyway. That nobody's asking anyway. Right. This is the importance of the foundational principles. Let me, let me ask the question here. Doesn't repent mean to turn away from, never to return to? Yes, it does. <laughs> that, that's the idea. That, I mean, that's the idea. Right. That's that's a given. Right. If 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 the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit has worked repentance in a person's life, this is what Acts 2 and 38, the scripture said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when we repent, when the Holy Spirit has convicted our heart and a person repents and they receive the Lord Jesus and then they receive the power of the Holy Spirit, now they learn how to walk in the Spirit so they don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But this is an experience. This is not, this is, (laughs) this is not an, this is not an exercise in religious philosophy. And this is what has happened to the church though because the church is trying to make sure <laughs> that, that that their human definitions are accurate and they believe that that somehow solidifies them in Christ. It's possible, it's possible to be right in your theology and be wrong in your heart. It's possible to have your theology right, but your heart not be right. It's possible.